Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 30-10, the end of, uh, I guess, season 30. <laughs> We're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we hang out, we listen to great video game music of all consoles and all generations. We, we pick a topic for the week. We choose some great music that fits that topic, whether it's the game or whether it's the music. And we listen to it, we discuss it, and we chat about everything else. Um, this week is our special live streamed episode for our Patreon members. Once a month for our Patreon members only, we record an episode just for them. In that episode, we also ask for all of our listeners and our Patreon members, of course, to uh, submit some tracks for the theme and a testimonial if they would like to write one out, just like the um, the old VGM Jukebox podcast. Now, something worth noting at the beginning of this episode, just to knock that bus out the door, and also as almost like a follow-up to last week's And Remember. Knock the box. Which is that knock the box. Out the box. <laughs> Not the but The box. The box. Um, Simpsons reference. Um, a lot of the live stream listeners might be looking at this and being like, wait a minute. Pernell and Rob have been meeting up in person for weeks now, and now for the live stream, they're actually not in the same room. What's going on? Well, follow up to last week's and remember, this guy's got COVID over here. Um, and the way that played out was I went to an outing with some friends, like a little small get together. But unfortunately, one of the people that was at that get together was with somebody else at a previous get together, and that person had COVID. And I got the heads up about it that I might have it from. Pretty much that the person who hosted the event is like, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. Um, someone at the event tested positive. They was with another person that had it. Just want you to know. And that night, I was supposed to meet up with Rob. We were going to do, you know, the recent episode that came out. And uh, did I have, did I know if I had it or not? No. And I still, I honestly, I felt like I've been feeling for the last two months. So I yeah. had no reason to think otherwise. It's so um, hard to know. It's so hard to know based on the symptoms especially for like us where you know it's just this time of the year where it's cold and we mm -hmm. get colds anyway and also that's not cold outside and it should be <laughs> and so and but things are a little but strange. it just goes yeah it's like you can't really tell but in the end what ended up happening was aired on the side of caution I was like look i don't want to do it in person because i don't know what's going on with me and it turns out according to day i tested positive which means by my friend giving me a heads up and warning me I was able to prevent giving it to Rob and his wife. Thank you. By brazenly being like, "Hey, I'm cool. I'm feeling great. Let's go hang out," you know. So, and I'm I'm extremely thankful for that. So, that's why I'm very when I make comments like, "Hey, you should take it seriously and just let people know." It like it's because something like that can be that can be that can occur as a result of taking that action. And I'm thankful for my friend being able to say, "Here it is. Do that." So, just throwing that out there. Um, but aside from that, man, video game music. <laughs> Talk the shop. Uh, so what were you about to say, Rob? I just jumped on the, I, on the bus. I don't remember anymore, but like that's, that's, that's about, you know, I'm glad. I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about that or not, but this is, this is, this is where we are today. Fortunately, we've, we've gotten, we've gotten pretty good at doing this uh, remote, though I really prefer it when you're just like, sitting next to me because it's easier to um to talk back and forth that way and we can joke around a lot more easily um that's for sure yeah 
but that that's too bad. So um, the other day, I finished Persona 5. No, no, don't give him the clap yet. Don't I, even try. I, I beat the last boss of Persona 5. You haven't seen the credits. The credits that counts. Credits are on it the way. Counts. Credits are on the credits way. Are, but they ain't here yet. And for the, the mail. for the record, the I, I did state, and I stand by this, if by some chance you don't watch the credit sequence before the end of midnight, before midnight tomorrow, you still haven't beaten it. And it's the most hilarious way to have not beaten the game, thereby making it better that way. So okay, you I'll gotta watch the credits. I'll say this: I'm supposed, the end of I'm supposed to work tomorrow. I am not. Uh -oh. I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna watch the credits. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I was gonna work, I'll but then, lunch. I'll do it over lunch. I'm sure there's like 30 minutes or so. Like it can't be. It's just like I feel like some of the dialogue in that game is like real slow, especially when like they're all congratulating each other or just like For real? They all say that, <laughs> that yeah, was my for best real? Ryuji. That was a good Ryuji. I knew exactly what you were doing. Um yeah, and they all kind of repeat the same thing to each other and so um I but I don't want to fast forward through the end. So I want I want to take it all in. I want to take it all in cuz I really enjoyed the final boss. The um <laughs> that that final like that the final like the final lead up to the last boss you know what I mean like the final like uh, I love that ascent was the ascent. great I dodged maybe more than half of the of, of the regular monsters on the ascent I just dodged because you didn't need them anymore you're like I don't need this junk and they were so hard <laughs> like they were so strong I'm like I'm gonna run through all of all of my magic and, and items getting to what I'm sure is the final boss and then I fought the um, the final I guess archangel and um and I thought that was the last boss. <laughs> and so I used a whole bunch of like really heavy, like strong items that I would never find again. And it wasn't. But no, it was really cool. I really liked the whole like cinematic. Like once I, once it was the final boss, I knew it because it was so different. There was no way you could have mistaken the that. The music thing, was though. different. It was gi it was just so new. And I really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed that so much. Watch See, now Stephen really Miller glad. has me concerned. He said... He said, you got literal hours. I'm like, I could have sworn he had a whopping maybe yeah. 45 minutes at the most. I'm telling you, this is what I'm reading on Reddit. People are like, oh, you think it's over, but really there's like, you know, hours of cutscenes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, come yeah, on. A, Give like, a guy there's a, a break. lot of cutscenes. I just want to turn like, it like, on for like an hour <laughs> and enjoy it and then turn it off. It's like, I knew there were cutscenes, yes, but an hour's worth? Like, I don't remember that. Like, I just remember it being like lengthy, but not like. You'll be oh. you'll be playing an entire dungeon to this cutscene. Um, You're just feeding just my fears, Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller is feeding my fears. He's saying you have literal hours. I wish I was joking. <laughs> Epilogue <laughs> is super long. Purnell, it's you have like these rose-colored glasses looking into the past, saying I enjoyed that so much. You just you didn't sleep for like a week playing this game. That is true. I, I, mean, like I, said, I stand by my statement. I did. I stayed up the entire night. I stayed up all night doing just the second to last dungeon. <laughs> all night. And I have no shame in that. One run, one go, baby. Actually, and you didn't you didn't know about being able to heal at um uh, at, at, during the last runs. You didn't know that you could heal in the um in the in the velvet room. That is correct. Or just I did outside not know the velvet that. room. So I don't know how you survived because <laughs> I needed that. Manic. I'm yeah. a crazy, crazy man. You used but I up. Put in that effort. Oh, okay. Okay, one more persona talk and then we can just get on. Did you did you spend time making coffee in the game? No. Because no. coffee required you to use a day, and a day was time I couldn't spend using doing upping social links. Wow. Oh yeah, of course, because he wanted to finish all the social links, which I didn't I wasn't super concerned with. 
So yeah, no, the coffee is what saved me because I got I did I made so much coffee I started making master coffee, and master What's coffee, coffee gives you like it, it gives oh, it gives you like fifty to one hundred um, SP. Oh wow! It's so worth it. I was like, you uh, know, how I I told you I upgraded how I kept my SP running. You right? said bandages. The seven SP bandage heals per turn. <laughs> that was my entire shtick for keeping my magic running was seven HP regained per turn. And I think I may have had one persona that had spirit dream, but I don't remember if, I, if that was uh, even in that game or not. But I think I did. Because I thought the kinda, S I for spirit. Mm, I guess so, yeah, because spirit points. Spirit I thought it was like dream. special, special points. Superb. Maybe it's both. Superb points. I don't know. That's a, that's enough persona talk. I'm playing. I'm going to play a new game for the new year, and I I guarantee I may finish it if it's fun. <laughs> well, I mean, the games we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, um, they're all short enough that you should like. They're you. I'm never going to recommend another hundred plus hour epic to you. Like I I I know your style now. If I recommend a game to you, it's beatable in like twenty hours. If I yeah yeah, if I can get into it, I know like Christy will get into it too. We'll probably do it together, and it's more it's more likely that we'll finish it together, you know, rather that, that than than on my own. Um, but on my own. And if it's like and if it's easy enough to play and it's turn based and not super um, like like challenging three D wise, she might just do it on her on her own too. But it was like um, Horizon Zero Dawn we got really into. Until it got like a little, like a little more challenging, which for us is really hard. <laughs> so <laughs> just couldn't get that far in that thing. Um, all right, so let's talk about today's topic. Today's topic is all about gift giving. Whatever holiday yeah, that you celebrate, a lot of people celebrate holidays this time of year. Even if it's the the celebrating the new year, we like to celebrate by giving gifts to those that we love. Fun gifts, bland gifts, yeah. gifts that'll annoy the parents of the kids <laughs> that you give them to. Yeah. Now, last night um, we gave gifts to uh, our nephews who moved out here from Seattle, and we gave we gave the the middle one like this hand drum thing. It's like a drum that like rings, it, like it resonates. It's Ooh. almost like a bell slash drum. And oh the yeah, parents are gonna hate you. He for was that. banging on that drum all night long. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my whole shtick back in the day when I had younger, when I had young nephews and like younger cousins. All of my gifts generally revolved around making noise. Gotta make, and I knew it. <laughs> Gotta make noise, whether it's from a toy or a video game. Yeah. It was meant to be loud and annoying to the parents, yeah. but it was okay because the kids thought I was amazing, <laughs> and that was the goal. Double fold. I was glad the the dog didn't get upset. She was just like annoyed and just like left the room. <laughs> <laughs> and she jumped on the bed in the other room and was like, I can't. I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh. But like, I like cute. the idea of like us doing an episode on giving gifts, though, because yeah. like you say, like giving gifts is fun. You had a great time giving gifts to, to your nephews. Uh, I like giving gifts to you know kids to annoy their parents. And of course, listeners hopefully enjoy giving gifts to their friends or other listeners. Or apparently, according to some of these, they gave gifts to us. Which I wasn't expecting, but I'll take it. Yeah, these because are, I like gifts. Yeah, so we add, like when we said give a topic, we kind of translate that topic in different ways, um, and our our listeners are no different. So some of them might have, say, "Oh, this is a, this music is a gift," or maybe this this part of the game is about a gift, you know, or maybe there's just a story that goes along with it. So um, I'm really excited to uh, to listen to some tracks and to to read some of these testimonials. And since it's an even numbered episode. 
we are going to start off with me and my friend, Electric Boogaloo. E.B. E.B., a.k.a. Santa Claus. No. So uh, Electric Boogaloo sent to us the track after the game from NBA In The Zone 98 from for the Sony PlayStation composed by Yuichi Asami. That was After the Game from NBA In The Zone 98 for the Sony PlayStation composed by Yuichi Asami. And yes, this is definitely a Konami song because I know <laughs> I know where I've heard this tune before. Oh man, that was amazing. All right, so Electric Boogaloo also wrote to us. He says, I had to think pretty hard on what song I should pick for this month's live stream. What would be a great game song to gift a loved one? It took a while to figure out, but then I realized December is the last month of the year. Many holidays around this time are very festive and celebratory. It clicked after the game. The song that plays at the end of 
the end of regulation in Konami's NBA In The Zone 98. One of the smoothest things you're ever going to hear after playing four quarters with chunky, low-poly basketball players. However, I imagine most of the R&P audience here, and especially Rob, um, have not first heard this song in NBA In The Zone 98. For many, their introduction to this piece of saxophone heaven was, of course, Dance Dance Revolution, where you can find a shortened vocal remix with lyrics that are a bit risque, titled After the Game of Love, unless you happen to play the Konamics on the PlayStation 1, where those risque vocals were taken out. Oh, that's right. I forgot they were. Um, I remember that song in the game, but then again, this was probably more one of your genre tracks where you'd be like, it's hip hop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I played I played the, I played the slow jams all the time. I like the hip hop. Um, and now I don't play the hip-hop. I play everything that's too fast for me. Um, Yuichi Asami, who had worked on several console DDR games since the original was released on the PlayStation and has since uh, become sound director of the series as a whole. Oh, that's cool. Was a composer on those In The Zone games, and I can only presume this track was just too good to be stuck in an old basketball simulation game. Anyway, I hope you all enjoy the cool late 90s beats and this fantastic saxophone. Whoever is that special someone, I guarantee... They'll leave with a smile on their face. P.S. If y'all are wondering what Asami's NPD3 alias meant on After the Game of Love, it's what In the Zone 98 was called in Japan. NBA Power Dunkers 3. NPD3. Oh! That is so obscure. Like, you think I would have known that. Like, because it was so weird. <laughs> no, only EB is wow. going to bust out that kind of tidbit. Let's be real here. That's, He's the man of the hour for like obscure details. For that's a gift. That that this song and that testimonial is a gift. Thank you so much for sending this to me. It answered some questions. I assumed it was like Naoki Paul Paula Dean three. I don't know. Everything <laughs> I thought, I thought, about that series was Naoki <laughs> <laughs> or I, B for you. Naoki or B for you. But basically. I assumed the NPD three was like uh yeah, it was initials for someone's name, or maybe for three different composers. And uh, but now it all makes sense. I I don't remember the full lyrics though. Maybe we should look them up. Should I look them up and start singing? Not right now. No, no. Don't do that to us. <laughs> don't do that to us. The horror. Oh, we can at least do the um. We can at least do the uh the chorus, right? We can do the chorus. Thank you. I guess if, if that's your cup of tea. And while you're looking that <laughs> up to answer the question in the chat, Dustin. Uh, I was talking to Chris about chocolate Dr. Pepper. Apparently, that exists. And um, friend and co-host of SML, Joe Cam, actually did get some. You had to, like, acquire a bunch of Dr. Pepper redemption points because apparently Dr. Pepper does that now. And if you get enough, you can send in or, you know, just message in, and they'll mail you chocolate Dr. Pepper. And apparently he likes it. Um, I want some, but I don't drink enough Dr. Pepper to get enough points to be getting any canned sodas, that's for sure. Um, but I really want to try it now, and I like the idea of there being a chocolate flavor, because at the end of the day, if you're going to produce it, I'm willing to try it. If you're willing to actually market it in a way that you believe is profitable, and it includes things I already like separately, I'll give it a try. Which is why I also want Peeps Pepsi, which I'll never get my hands on, which makes me sad. They did make a Peeps Pepsi, right? Marshmallow Peeps Pepsi. Oh, yep. I doubt it tastes you like only marshmallow. Get it as a, but I bet it tasted like gold. Like liquid gold. It's like, it's like let's make Pepsi extra sweet, you know? Oh, yeah. Right, here we go. I, I can sing some risque lyrics here. Here we go. I'll be honest with you, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you in a second, because Rob's going to get While risky. While we here like this, I don't know. Too many drinks and a kiss? Male and female, what is there to do? That's right. The beastly rendezvous. You want to go Greco-Roman style? <laughs> to meet your needs, I'll even run a mile. Be prepared. We're going to have some fun. And the time has come. Round one. <laughs> I like round one. They have a lot of great video games. Like this uh, uh, The peanut, the potato chip Reese's, believe it or not, just put a little bit of salt on your potato ch on your Reese cup, and you get the same taste. It's just they just add some saltiness. But the peanut brittle ones, yes, mm. they are. I every time I go to Wawa, I buy one two packs. You know they're only seasonal, so they're going to eventually stop selling them. Uh, uh, I would go out, I would buy them, get them, put them in the freezer, and I just have a stack of peanut butter Reese cups right now that are going to just last me. For a good year. Oh, shucks. I like... Thank you. It's a good beard. It's a good beard. I like the beard. It's a... It makes me feel good. Though, one day I'm going to have to clip it, at least trim it or something. But I, I just think, got lazy with it. I think it's trimmed. Like, you can keep it long, but just, like, like shaped. Shaped. If I just let this bad boy flow out, it's like... Yeah. I use, like... Talk the... about my beard, basically. Uh, <laughs> Dustin says, you're now favorite black man wizard beard. And I do, I can cast a mean spell or two. I'm saying, if you, if you either trim the beard or you get like a really big cloak and a staff. I could do both. Yeah. I could do both. I have a cloak. Just gotta get a staff. <laughs> All right, we are on to your first track of the night. I have to pick this track as the first track because I was not only was I just talking about this game the other day, but this track is one of probably my all-time favorite game tracks that I can recall. And the fact that someone gifted it to me on the gifting episode without having any prior knowledge of me liking this track is just fantastic. So this track comes from the game Busta Groove 2 yes. from the Sony PlayStation. Yes. This was submitted by Martyrus. Um, and the track is titled Got To Be Happy. It's Sutomo's theme, the little choo-choo train kid. Uh, <laughs> and it's composed by Yukihiro Fukutomi.
Welcome back. You're listening to Got to Be Happy, Sutomu's theme from the game Buster Groove 2 from the Sony PlayStation, composed by Yuki Hiro Fukutomi mm. and submitted by listener Martyrus. So, fun fact, a couple fun facts about this game before I even get to the ext- extensive testimonial, which is legit. Um, this is the first import game I ever purchased. Mm. Ooh, like this, this is the first. This might be one of the is. first import games that I copied off of for now. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I bought it at NecoCon. Oh, I played it at NecoCon R, NecoCon '99. It was also my first anime convention, and that was also where a running gag of like the Ten Points crew came from because I entered a tournament for a game I'd never played before, being Busted Move Two, and lost to a McLoadshare character who's like a really cheap jerk. I lost to him by ten points after being down by a good six thousand points. Like, I made up the entire difference, and if I had one more measure to the song, I would have beat him. But the song was over. Um, but of all the tracks in this game, this is by far the best one to me. And it is really good to listen to when your spirits are down, because it just has this energy to it that just makes you feel better. And heck, I mean, it's right in the title in and of itself. Yeah. But... I'll stop rambling about the Pernellisms because I didn't submit the track. Martyrus did. So what did he have to say? He says, To begin, this track is a gift to Pernell. But before I explain, how about some info? This track is from the PS1 game Busta Groove 2, a.k.a. Busta Move 2 in Japan, where you battle other dancers to face the final boss whose moves are out of this world, which is funny because Pandar is a weird character. Um, while it's not DDR, you're basically trying to complete button combos by the fourth beat of each measure without getting distracted or missing a beat. One of the dancers is named Tsutomu, an 11-year-old boy who wears, wears a randoseru, or Japanese backpack, and holds two maracas shaped with frogs' heads. His dance stage is on a platform that revolves, revolves around a Japanese-style house, and this is the stage upon which this track plays. This game series is one of my favorites, and perhaps a starter to other rhythm-based games. Same here, man. That and Parappa the Rapper were like the humble beginnings of rhythm games for a lot of us. It also created a deeper appreciation for video game music as I started adding such music to my playlist. So why did I pick this track as my gift to Purnell? Mostly because of In Remember segments, Purnell speaks about being positive and uplifting yourself despite the odds not being in your favor in his favor. His segments, in addition to being humorous, can get to listeners on a personal level. It lets them know that, yes, he's going through it and he's sharing what he's learned so you don't have to go through or that you learn from it and adapt it to your way of coping. I find his general messages to be happy no matter what's going on in your life. Merry Christmas, Purnell. Enjoy this song and keep it close to your happy heart. And given the nature of today, (laughs) what I mentioned earlier in the episode, God, that resonates deep because, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been rough. It's definitely been rough. Um, but as it always stands, like I'll, I'll tell everybody that wants to hear, like, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. And I don't sugarcoat it. My life is my life. But at the end of the day, it's about kicking, it's about kicking through it, dealing with it, coping with it, taking whatever resources are at your disposal to allow you to get through these problems and making it through because there's always something better waiting for you on the other side. It's just a matter of getting through the hurdles yeah. that are trying to prevent you from seeing what's on the other side. So finding that's, finding your way to the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a, that's legit. Um, we were reminded by Electric Boogaloo that the lyrics are sung by the vocalist Momoko Suzuki. Oh, from this track? Yeah. So I added it to my oh. notes. Oh, good hit. Oh, man. Good. oh, this whole soundtrack. So before... 
DDR was released in North America on the PlayStation as a home version, we still had this game. So this mm-hmm. was the only rhythm. This and Parappa were the only rhythm games. Well, I guess in Buster Groove One were the only rhythm games available in North America. Well, thing about it, remember with uh, as it maybe you're right because this Buster Groove 2's U.S. release did come out before Konamics, right? Which was yeah, because Konamics first was home so, version. Oh, so slow to come out. Yeah, it was the home version based off of like third mix or fourth mix when like in the arcades they were up to like six already and they cut out a lot of good tracks even from that they cut out so much good stuff and even then like like and once they went to fifth mix in the arcades the game started running at 60 frames a second which was it's kind of helpful playing rhythm game having like a better frame rate but the original mixes and then the economics was still running at like 30 frames per second so it it, It was rough like here in North America here's the ugliest version of the game possible but um, but before that came out I had a dance pad that I bought from Katsukon and was it a red octane or one of those crappy crappy floor sliders yeah yeah floor sliders it was like in 2000 I bought that but I didn't have the game because I kept thinking I'd find it at the um, at the oh wait I just remember something we used to play DDR at your old house and the pad and it was the crappy floor slide pad we would play a song Start on one side of the room and end up on the opposite one because the pad kept sliding across the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone did that. People still do that. Like, um, even like on the on the modern like Discord servers of people talking about DDR. Like, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I found my my um I found my 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 soft pad. What can I do with it?" And people are like, "Just get some duct tape, duct tape it to some plywood, and there you go, there you go." And that'll last like, you that for a little while. But yeah, so. I used to play the dance, uh, the the soft pad to Busted Groove, which was like really hard to do. Yes, but it was. That's all That's I had. If you're trying to do combos, I was like, "This is all I've got. This is all I've got." Or- and I, I played, I played this game, Busted Groove Two, like, over and over and over again, trying to get the perfect run. And I've never, mm-hmm. I got really close, like once or twice, to a perfect run, but like. And when you say perfect run, are you saying beat every boss without ever missing a uh, rhythm? Yeah, strength? yeah, because you can do it where like not just every like. Because you have to do a but like a, a, a directional or button combination, and then press the button to the beat. But if you mm-hmm. press every button leading up to that to the beat, plus that one to the beat, you get extra points. Really? Yeah. I it, never knew that. Or was it like, or was it just a hard, harder like judgment? It was something like that. I know that there's a way to get like more points per turn, and then you can get more points per song. And then if you get, you can unlock um, the hidden boss, which was Panda or Pander. Maybe maybe what you're thinking, because I've unlocked Pandar, and I didn't do what you're saying. So what I'm thinking what it yeah. might have been was just not messing up the actual like rhythm beats, because you would always unlock Fever Time if you got over a certain score. And Fever Time was an extra dance string that the character that won would do. That was just like a, hey, this is a extra, it's almost like a fatality in dance games. Yeah, um, oh, that's right. And it was, <laughs> it was friggin' great. <laughs> it was a uh, fatality. <laughs> But, like, you'd pretty much get fever time, you'd bust that out. And, of course, in the stages, if you did well enough, you'd also unlock the weird, like, extra animations for the stages, too. So, getting the Pandar and the metal with the bosses in between Pandar, before Pandar, was mainly just doing really well, which basically meant not screwing up any fourth beats and not getting attacked by the opponent. Because, for those who don't know about this game also, it wasn't just about, uh, hit the notes... Hit the buttons, and then on the fourth measure, hit the concluding button that just says, hey, you did the entire string of notes for the song, or the step. But every once in a while, if you just say, for example, you were screwing up your measure, you're, you screwed up the button input, and it was time to submit the final hit. Or you just wanted to screw up the opponent. You could press a different button and send an attack to that side. So mm-hmm. you say, hey, 
I'm attacking you, and on the next measure, they're going to take ah, a damage. That's right, yeah. And yeah. it makes them lose steps. But you can counter that and pass it back and forth. And that's when it got real brutal. Because if you played another good player, you're just passing attacks back, back the forth, entire yeah. song. And you have to and do it, was it hard. on the rhythm. Because even if you did everything just right, but weren't on the rhythm, you take the damage. And you'd lose like a yeah. whole measure of, of the music. And you're, was, you're basically done at that point. Pretty much. Like it was, that's how I was down on that one guy. Like he hit me with both of his attacks. And he's using a really cheap character whose entire string was just one button. No combos. And I was like, that's not very fair. I was like, you are fine. I'll, I'll come back. And I was using Kelly, who was the police officer in the game. And uh, and I came back. I was tearing it up. Ah, um, that's right. So, okay. So you are right. It was just um, it was just a harder timing window to get like the, the extra point. And so that's what I used to do. I used to try to get the, 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 um, the, the, the highest score for each stage for, through the entire run of the game. And it was just... Very, very challenging. And there's a bunch of hidden characters, too. It was, I thought I remember it just being Pander was a hidden character, but there were a bunch of other ones. There yeah, was, the guy um, that, that he was Capoeira using was McLoot. McLoot was the dinosaur that the other guy was using against me, and he was the cheap character yeah, because right. all of his inputs were one button. Like, yeah. circle, 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 circle. And I was like, that's not very fair. Um, but, yeah. And Jessica was like, I've never heard of that game before, but yes, get on it. It's still fun. Just play it on a CRT because the rhythm oh. is so on in, point. Okay, so in Japan, there's an epilogue uh, during the CG sequences with a um, with a with a, vo- with a voiceover hosted by a minor character named James Sunuoka, which was taken out obviously in the North American version, and then also um, Hiro Hiro Kun's uh, symbol was yeah, a cigarette. It used to be a cigarette in Japan. And they changed it to well, his we, head. Yeah, or I love. Well, me, we could always see that because I had the one I have is the Japanese one. I, uh, I imported this. I never knew that. That's so. It was literally this was literally my first import game ever. Mm. This this is a gift for both of us, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, because honestly, I'm still dancing to the darn song. Oh, it's man. just so good. Oh, we gotta get we gotta get a move on though. Our next track is coming from our listener Jess. And we're going to listen to track five from Silphied for the Sega CD. I know the tracks are named on the official soundtrack. Um, I didn't get a chance to figure out which name was to which track. So I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. But it's um, the soundtrack is recorded by Mariko Sato, Mamoru Ishimoda, Yoka Sonoda, Hiroshi Kawai, Kass, K-S-S, Masakuni Mitsushashi, um, who are the Makano Associates Incorporated. This is a track from Silphied for the Sega CD.
And we're back. You're listening to a track from Sylphied for the Sega CD, composed by Mariko Sato, Maru Ishimoda, Yoko Sonoda, Hiroshi Kawai, Cass, Masakuni Mitsuhashi, the Makano Associates Incorporated. This was sent to us by our listener and Patreon member, Jess. And yes, I'm into this track because at the very end of the track, before it loops, there's these insane like orchestra hits, and they're awesome. And I'm a sucker for an orchestra hitting it. Hitting it! Um, oh, excuse me. I thought I was going to sneeze. All right, so uh, <laughs> Jess writes to us, the number one lose your stuffing Christmas gift we ever received as kids was a Sega CD to add to our Genesis. Um, it's still hooked up to the to my biggest old CRT in the basement. Okay, I love that. Um, it was used. It was a used one from Funko Land, and because our parents saved money on the hardware, we got a handful of games instead of just one or two. The system blew our minds and influenced our taste in games for years to come. For better or for worse, I'm still a sucker for FMV or full motion video games. One of the games we got was Sylphid or Sylphid. I always said it was Sylphid. Do you think it was Sylphid or Sylphid? I always pronounce it Sylphid. Yeah, Sylphid. Um, and I still consider this game to be an absolute marvel. The develop. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's the, the orchestra hits. Love the orchestra hits. Um, the, de- the developers were able to use the CD format format to simulate early polygonal graphics way beyond anything the Genesis could actually process. The game sprites run on top of pre-rendered video of the polygonal backgrounds with polygons assigned color values directly from the color palette of the Genesis hardware. So instead of grainy video actors like most Sega CD games you had, you got perfectly crisp, blocky polygons that made it look like your souped-up Genesis was a supercomputer. I hope everyone, hosts and listeners included, had a nice holiday season, and I look forward to what the new year of Rhythm and Pixels brings. Me too. Um, you and me both. When I hear about these, this add-on technology to the Genesis, like the Sega CD and the 32X, and like how they made it work, and and the additional, like what they, it wasn't just additional power, like with, with the 32X in this. It was like. They, 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 they kind of MacGyvered <laughs> all these additional ways to make games and to make graphics and stuff them into the system. And it's just amazing to me that that, um, that they were so creative and that it was just, it was really cool. The Sega of America and Sega of Japan, one of the most creative of the console wars, which is why they won the console <laughs> war. <laughs> no. Time will tell. Time will tell. Of course, of course, the victors will write the history. <laughs> Honestly, I wish the victor. I wish the. I wish Sam Turbo Graphics wrote the Dorn history because they were the unsung champion, the third member of the of the battle royale of yeah. the '80s block. Right. So. And the Neo Geo. Stand behind. <laughs> no, actually, Neo Geo is still somehow like fandom wise going very strong. That system is a. Uh, Forever concept. It is. It is. Um, I kept thinking Sylphid was a, um, a top-down shooter. I think I'm getting it confused with um, something else entirely. But maybe the maybe I just never played this game before. And the cover, the cover always made me think of a, a top-down shooter. Yeah, I've never played Sylphid. I just remember seeing the box at the store. It looks cool. I mean, it's got like a cool, like kind of '80s future aesthetic to it, which I really like. Of course, now he makes me want to go try to boot, try to fucking find this. It's probably emulatable somewhere because it's oh, no. like a CD game. It is a shooter. Okay, I was right. Yeah, it's kind of a top-down shooter, but using the um, the polygons. But yeah, you're right. It's it's really clean polygons. If someone wants to look it up in the chat, I can't remember. But I want to say that uh, Working Designs actually did 
a Sylphid release too. Working Whether design. it was for, yeah, working designs. My memory's a little hazy there, but I feel like they might have done a Sylphid game. Maybe even on like that Stephen Miller band, pri- or maybe that is a Project Sylphid. Well, I have to look it up. It was an early Xbox 360. Oh, uh, okay, that's that's where I saw it then. This game is gorgeous. Like, this is the game that if I saw, I would be like, oh my god, I need to take a CD. But instead, I saw games like Sewer Shark. <laughs> I was like, God, no, don't maybe, remind me of that abomination. Like maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll bypass the Sega CD. You know, maybe I'm not. Sega CD that. had the audacity to have people believing that that game was the future of video gaming. It was that Prize Fighter and Night Trap for my house? Night Trap. None of those games were worth a worth worth a lick of salt. But with the exception of I guess Night Trap because it was Dana Plato's final product or project. So I'll give it that. Um. The EB looks like he came through, but I can't bring it up just yet. But it's like he sent the link. I think Ooh, he found it. The, track, awesome. the game I was talking about. So I gotta get, I gotta get down to that. But like, yeah, let's keep on rolling. Then, what's your next track? We're gonna have to do a, an additional track for this episode because I, I want to play that track. But at the end of the day, I can't I can't deny the beauty that is this track, which happened to also come from Jess. So it's like this is the Jess block here. Um, I'm cool with that. This comes from the. This comes from. So we're gonna have one additional track later in the episode. But for now, this track is from the game Ion Fury, and the track title is called "Broken System," and is composed by Jarko Rostin.
good. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Broken System from the game Ion Fury, composed by Jarko Rostin. This game is a was pretty much like this. Well, I'll, I'll let Jess's testimonial speak for it, and then I'll fill in some blanks because she provided some good details, juicy details. So it says, I don't think Ion Fury came out this year, but I played it this year, so I'll consider it the video game industry's gift to me for 2021. I've played and enjoyed several retro-styled modern games in recent years, such as Shovel Knight, Blazing Chrome, etc., but never a 90s-style FPS, and certainly none actually running on the authentic, outdated game engine. Being a fan of the old Duke Nukem games, I knew I would enjoy this one, but I had no idea how much fun I would have with it. I had some difficulty adapting to the 90s mechanics and playstyle at first, here, here to that, um, but once I found my groove, I was off to the races. A tough-as-nails female protagonist who's as vulgar as Duke Nukem, and I will not say this on the podcast, but she did say, probably not for the podcast, dance, ripper, dance. There you go. <laughs> it's something she says when you kill a guy in the game. Check. Frantic. If it moves, kill it. FPS action. Check. A rocking soundtrack that fits the game perfectly. Check. I'd encourage anyone who likes early FPS games to give this game a go. I hope everyone, host listeners included, had a nice holiday season. I look forward to what the new year Rhythm and Pixels brings. So, able to repeat from the back end of the last one, but hey, it's worth repeating twice because it's a fantastic mm-hmm. sentiment. And yeah, the, I love that she says in the chat that uh, she spammed Sage just like old times because I was wondering <laughs> as I read her testimony, I was like, how in the heck was Jess good at this game? Because I did a review of it and my takeaway was like, look, they did a fantastic, pixel-perfect job of making a recreation of like a classic FPS game. Yeah. But the unfortunate side effect was it's a picture-perfect recreation, <laughs> which means enemies are sniping you from across the room, and you're trying to nail a pixel dot across the screen. It ain't happening, and I died like crazy. But well, well, when I got my slow, I, I loved it. One of the things I didn't know about this was that it is like super legit. It's built on a an engine called Eduke 32, which is a fork of the engine called Build which was running on um, Duke Nukem 3D. Mm-hmm. So it's yep, that's what- it's a fork that's used of of that build that's that's built to run on modern operating systems. So it is like it is legit old school. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. That's what, that's, that's what she was saying. She didn't, she didn't have the name, but she definitely mentioned that it was built on like the original the original like, you know, like software or original engine. So and then it the, wasn't uh, like them trying to recreate it from an from a new engine. This is like authentic. And then I guess um, the the first controversy that it, it encountered was the original title of the game was called Ion Maiden, like Iron Maiden, Ion Maiden, um, and the apparently the the logo looked a little too close to the actual logo for the band Iron Maiden, and they said no, uh-uh. so they had to change it. <laughs> but I do love the cover art for the game too. She's like, no, not today, baby. Yeah, it looks it looks cool. Like I mean. I was never good at these games when they were out, but I did play them a whole lot. So maybe I'll try this one. You might. I think you'd like it. Like it's like I said. Don't expect. I'm gonna. I'm be blunt. Don't go in there expecting to just tear up. No. Definitely don't go in there expecting to tear it up. But do go in there expecting an authentic, you know, retro experience that was made with love. Yeah. That much I'm sure of. Uh, and maybe a little aggression too. But <laughs> it's a great game. Yeah, it's something like maybe I'm not gonna like. I would just like to try it. You know, so I know that I won't be able to. Do, do very well with it, but I would love to try it sometime. It looks really, really cool. Maybe I'll just watch a long play. I'll just watch a long play. Or when, or when I'm, when I'm recovered, 
Bring your butt over here. We can yeah. just boot it up. Well, boot it up on the, on, on the couch. Put your booty on the couch. Boot it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. Boot it, boot it, boot it. That's where we're at now. I All missed right. that movie. What was that, that movie from? Being the, it was The Critic. Oh, it was The Critic. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I thought it was from a movie, but no. It was. Well, it was it, close because it was referencing a movie, but it was on The Critic. Yes. <laughs> Here's a clip from the Fox version. Okay, um, our next. That's what it was. Yep. Booty, booty, booty. Our next track comes from Stephen Miller. The track he picked for us was the Wall Market theme from Final Fantasy VII for the Sony PlayStation, composed by the one and only Nobuo Uematsu. That is a nice loop. I really like that loop. You're listening to the Wall Market theme from Final Fantasy VII for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Ooh, that's good. Prunella is rocking out. You can't see him. I mean, unless you're part of our Patreon membership. He's doing his bass face. <laughs> and making mouse squeak like sounds. Ooh. Uh, Stephen Miller wrote, writes to us. He says... Hey, my dudes. Given the theme of holiday gifts, there's only one possible choice of song for me. I was always into playing games since I got my NES at age four, but it was always a casual affair. A fun diversion with friends and not a solo affair. Christmas age 11 changed that. I got a Sony PlayStation along with Final Fantasy VII, but no memory card. (laughs) God! That's rough. That just sounds like hell. I distinctly making it all the way to Wall Market before bed, only to realize I could not save my progress and having to let the game linger on just a few minutes longer, absorbing the rich background of the Wall Market and listening to this song before begrudgingly turning off the PlayStation and resigning myself to starting again when I could. This game kick started my full-blown gaming hobby, so the gift meant more than my parents could have realized. As always, I hope you enjoy. Cheers. Yes, that is an amazing story. <laughs> like, imagine like, oh, I'm going to spend all night playing this game. And you spend like maybe three, four hours. And then you finally go to bed and wake up and you're back at the beginning. The weird thing is like, I've, I've over the years, I've come across multiple people who have had unfortunately similar situations of their parents not realizing their games needed memory <laughs> cards. And it's always interesting because... 
no matter who it is, it always has this, like, very authentically unique feel to how each individual handled it. Mm -hmm. Like, some kids just replayed the game over and over again. Some kids left the game running, yeah. just wouldn't turn it off. Little, just turned little, the TV off and went to bed. Yeah, I was always found that different with the, the, the disc systems, like the early disc systems, because you know that that, that engine, the, the engine's going to be spinning that disc over and over and over again, and... I think as, as adults, we know that. As kids, we didn't care. All we knew was game system go brr, and it worked. And <laughs> you just assumed it wouldn't break. You yeah. turned it off, went to bed, came up, and go up, it's still running. It hasn't blown up yet. I'm good. I don't know, man. When I was a kid, I was always worried about that stuff. Like, I remember hearing um, kids on the playground saying, oh, I beat Mario 3 by leaving it on overnight so I could pick it up the next day. And I thought, isn't your Nintendo going to get super hot and start a fire? <laughs> See, I was—I didn't think about it back then. There was a there was a period when I started to think about that stuff, probably around like late N sixty four. But for the most part, in my mind, they were just like indestructible game playing machines. Like just just worked. You know, it was so probably, leaving it on wasn't going to break it. It's probably my parents probably trying to convince me not to play like too many video games to tell me like if you can't play too long, because you play too long, it gets too hot and it might start a fire and you'll never play. <laughs> You'll never play again. Jeez, Mom, that's rather morbid. Well, it kept you from turning the game on, didn't it? <laughs> now, I did play... Um, all I think I played Tiny Toon Adventures on the NES. Probably, like... I would, I would play, like, start to finish. Like, I would just finish the game, and I would just start it again. I would just play it back-to-back. -back. It was really it was, good. It wasn't a hard game, but it was fun. This is a I mean, good song. The only thing about that game that bugged me, Tiny Toons, as much as I loved it, was that, you know, you could choose your Tiny Toons friend to accompany you on each level. But even though you could choose a friend, each level was purely designed to have a specific friend oh, on yeah. it. So you're not going to really get but so diverse. Like the fourth level, you always use Dizzy Devil because he could burn through the trees. Yeah, Furball could climb them, but he couldn't get some of the cool stuff that was behind mm -hmm. two trees. Furball was good for Spoomtown. Plucky was good for the water caves. And then Wacky Land, you just, I guess, used Plucky because there was nothing special there. And then Montana Max's level, Buster was the best character for that. So there you go. Yeah, 100%. God, Buster, Rygar was Buster so hard. Only. Yeah, Rygar was really hard. This, um... <laughs> this, like, island beat is reminding me of when I last visited my family in Seattle uh, before they moved out here. Uh, uh, my brother-in-law likes to sail. And he would rent a sailboat, and we all got on there with my other brother-in-law from, you know, lives out in, in PA town. And we were just out sitting on the water, and he wanted music. He said, yeah, I want some, like, some cool reggae. I want, I want to listen to reggae. And so I'm on my phone, searching up, like, oh, I'm going to play some cool, like, dub reggae and some, like, modern reggae. And he was like, what, what is this? This is cool, but it's not cool. And so I immediately put on, um, um, oh, my gosh. You know, we're jamming. <laughs> jamming! And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dancing all over the boat. <laughs> it was so funny. I just was like, you know what? I He's such a happy guy. As soon, um, as, soon as he gets um, Bob Marley. I, I almost said Marlon Wayans. Mar well, that would be a whole nother song there if it was Marlon Wayans that, that sung it. Uh, or it could have been SW1. Sean Wayans. Sean Wayans, which for the longest time I had no idea he was a Wayans. Which is SW1. Like, also think about that. That was his DJ name, which was actually a legitimately good DJ name. But yeah. all it was like, it's my first name and my last name and the number, number one, one because I'm the first or the only one. Like, what? 
He was the only one. What'd that you dissect? He was the only like, one that wasn't in the sketches until he wasn't. <laughs> there it is. Like, you dissect the statements. Like, it's not so cool anymore. Initially, SW1 was awesome. Now it's just, it's your name, though. <laughs> it's just not a, hey, Whatever. Well, I do have my next pick, but I also need to hit the restroom something fierce. All right, so why don't, you, why don't we announce the next pick, then? Okay, and while it's playing, I'll hit the water closet. So this is from The Last Recon. Uh, this is a jamming track that I genuinely did not realize was in the game, but as enough people suggested this game to me, I'm probably going to go out and buy it tomorrow, or I don't know, I'll figure out something. Uh, this comes from the game Guardians of the Galaxy. And the track title is called Space Riders with No Names, and it is composed by a band that goes by the name of Star-Lord. And you guys are going to love it, because I know I friggin' did. Be right back. Through the 
I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah! <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Space Riders with no names from the Marvels from the game Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, submitted by The Last Recon and composed by Star Lord, the band composed of members Steve Zekpow that crap. Zapowski. <laughs> yeah. Zep Zepkowski. I'm sticking with that. Leave it. And Johan Boldrilk. Oh, frankly, Zap has got to go. Well, it's a, it was a pleasure having you here, friend. And until next time, happy New Year's to you and get your game on sweet and well. Play some great tunes. Actually, also hit us in the podcast group, in the Discord group. Let us know what you got for Christmas, if anything, or what games you plan to play over the New Year. Um, Let's see. So the last Recon had this to say in regards to this ridiculously good track, actually. Um, he says, My gift to my VGM podcast fam is the track Space Riders with No Names from the Guardians of the Galaxy video game that came out in October. My reason for choosing this track, besides the fact that it's awesome, is because I like to imagine the title of the song speaks to no-name heroes. Those who don't really get the spotlight or recognition they deserve, despite going above and beyond. A title that I feel fits the VGM podcast community. Year after year, content is pumped out to the listeners' ears, helping people through their work days, holidays, or just daily life in general. VGM podcasting has definitely been a, made a huge impact on my life these past three years, and I'm so glad to have discovered and started my own podcast as well. Without it, I would have never gotten to know the likes of Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, Bedroth, and Shoot Kapow of Very Good Music, the patron state of VGM podcasting, Alex Messenger Song. The crew of Game That Tune, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3, and many more. You have all helped me through some tough times these past couple of years. And how could I forget the baker of beats, the arpeggio aristocrat Rob Nichols, and his co-host, the metallic masochistic madman Pernell. That's my. That's gotta be my new Pokemon that's, Gym that's, trainer name too. That's your new Guitar Hero band. <laughs> if not for Pernell, I would have never found out about the East Coast Pokemon League. And to all of you, you are the space riders with no names. The heroes no one talks about. So if no one else says it, I will. Thank you for being you and doing what you do. To the year 2022. And by God, I hope it doesn't suck. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, I think that's the best The best we can hope for, is that it doesn't suck. Just a little bit. A little bit less. A little bit less. Right? I can tell you right now, 2020 sucked. 2021 actually sucked a bit more. I don't know what I'm expecting from 2022, but... I'm still going to try. That's yeah. the goal. Still yeah. want to try. It was not. It was. It was not easy for me either. I know it wasn't easy for you. Um, but we're we're coming in. We're coming into 2022 hot. We're going to do it. It was not easy being cheesy. But actually, there's something to be thankful for for this year. Cheese, flaming hot Cheetos popcorn balls. Oh my god, those things are delicious. I gotta try those. I, yes, I you do. Like if you're trying to watch your weight and you still want a snack. That does everything you need it to do. It's like, I want flaming hot chips, but I don't want the chips. I just want the flaming hot dust. So get it on popcorn. Bam! It's less calories, it's less fat. What I might do is I might take the flaming hot Cheetos, run them into a um, like a food processor, and make it and make my own dust out of it. And then I'll, yes, yeah, do Ooh. it. Do and then it. you take that, and then you get some like chicken breasts, and you crush the chicken breasts, and you fry the chicken breasts with. Flaming hot Cheetos. I'm telling you, I've got ideas up in here for now. I mean, what was it? Uh, what was it? The thing that blew my mind, honestly, was a uh, Frito Lay. I want to say it was Frito Lay. There was a food truck, a, a pop up food truck 
business that was going on in, mostly in Chicago that I came across, but there's other states too, where uh, they did like a pop-up Frito-Lay flaming Hot food truck. And that food truck was literally just various dishes with flaming Hot Cheetos. Not even crumbled, just whole Cheetos just slapped on top. So flaming Hot like Mac and Cheese with flaming Hot Cheetos on it. Or pizza with flaming Hot Cheetos on it. And I was there thinking, first of all, you're not doing anything that should be I should be giving you money for. Like I I I know how to do this. I've already done it. And two, you can at least crush it up first. <laughs> what business what good is it That's to have a, a whole so, Cheeto on mac and cheese? So you know about Milk Bar, right? Milk Bar was like a they're a food truck and I think they do restaurants and do catering now. But the idea was of this woman, um oh my gosh, I knew her name. Christina Christine Christ, I just looked up Christina Tassis. Um what she did was she would take cereal put milk in it and then like you know she would use like the cereal flavored milk in her mm-hmm. desserts and like Ooh. that was like the thing and like that's a great idea right like cereal mm-hmm. cereal flavored milk so the idea of like oh we'll do something with the hot cheetos no they just put the cheetos on top of stuff like they gotta <laughs> do something else they gotta transform that ingredient like they would on that on chopped you gotta transform that ingredient yeah, you got to make it into something that I'm going to actually give you money for. Because if you're literally just taking a bag of Cheetos off the shelf and dumping it onto a Pizza Hut pizza, what the heck am I giving you money for? I'll just buy the stuff myself and do it. But people were losing their crap over. They were like giving these guys hard cash to see someone dump Cheetos on the mac and cheese. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. But, eh, you know, I'd make it. So... Well, That's I'm going me rambling to, about Fritos. Yeah, well, I'm going to transform this ingredient, the main ingredient, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the show, into the bonus round. Freedom! Bonus round! Oh, my God. Axel Rose? No, it's just Purnell. <laughs> <laughs> Purnell Rose. Uh, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. It is an opportunity to indulge in some remixes. And for this bonus round i'm picking from our listener and friend chris weisner musashi 219 the wise guy and yeah he picked for us the aria of the soul coffee date remix which is um a track from persona 5 remixed by the artist coffee date and then distributed on the label game chops
That was Aria of the Soul Remix, a song from Persona 5, composed by Shoji Maguro, remixed by Coffee Date for the label Game Chops. And I really dig that. That was actually one of my least favorite songs in the game, only because the um, the singing was a little was a little high pitched, and so I, as the amount of time I spent in this part of the game, you know, fusing personas, you know, organizing them, making sure I got them all in a row, and leveling them up. The whole time, there's this like singer going and going and going and going and going. So this one, it like it it, it makes it a little more chill. It's way more mellow, and I'm really into this version of the song. Um, shall I read the uh, testimonial for now? Not yet, because the second track for the bonus round is also from Chris Weisner, <laughs> the wise guy. And since the testimonial kind of links to both of them, it only makes sense to just read it afterwards. Yeah. Makes so sense. my bonus round pick for this episode is Ari of the Soul 8-Bit Remix, also from Persona 5. And this one was covered by Musikage. Or Musikage. That's probably what it asks these I think so, yeah, yeah. back you're listening to hmm from the musicage which i love that name by the way that's want to point that out um the aria of the soul remix from the game persona 5 
titled Aria the Soul 8-Bit Remix. Um, this was also suggested by listener and friend, the wise guy, Chris Wisner. And suffice it to say, this was a bop. Usually, we don't, we try to avoid doing like the double dip when we can. Yeah. But this is one of those cases where it was like, it was just, it was a good combination. And I liked the, what the testimonial is going to ultimately say as well. So I was like, no, we got to do this. We got to go with both of them. So I guess since Rob started it off, you should probably read the testimonial for it though. Yeah. Okay. Um, I totally have that open right in front of me. Um, here we go. All right. So Chris Weisner says, um, there are many wonderful gifts out there, but video game music is one of the greatest of all. Given Purnell's love of the series and the hope that Rob has either finally finished Persona 5 or that this will motivate him to wrap it up before the end of the year, I'm giving both of you a remix of Aria of the Soul. Since I can't have you fighting over the same present, though, you each get one that I think matches your sensibilities. For Purnell is a blip-laden chiptune bopper courtesy of Musicage, and for Rob is a lo-fi hip-hop dream from Coffee Date. Hope you are well, and cheers to the recent 300-episode milestone. You know, I didn't read this testimonial, and we just picked the ones that <laughs> that we wanted. No, I, I definitely read the testimonial oh, from okay. that. Like, that's why I was like, oh, no, we got to go with this. We got to do this. Um, I was like, ooh, coffee day. Ooh, game chops. I'll pick that one first. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad because the, the stream did end up, unfortunately, cutting at this very moment. So we lost the live stream, folks, itself. But... We can still conclude the episode and go through the usual rigmarole because they can listen to it too, hopefully, later on. And because honestly, it's, it was a good chat and live stream too. Um, but thankfully, all the all well, not all, but we still have one more spe- nice piece to go through here. Oh yeah, the episode is truly over. We still have but, one more excellent, excellent piece of music. Is there anything you want? Anything more you want to say about this last track? Because this last track was like it was a banger. Like I love. I just liked it. It was funky. It was way funkier than that song has ever been. Maybe ever. It, it was funky Cole Medina in some cases. It was like had all of these little sides and it gave us some Castlevania vibes, especially in the beginning. But I think it was mm-hmm. just probably just the sound of it. And the drums were straight out of a Konami game too. So um yeah, a lot of Konami vibes in this episode. The spirit of Konami lives on, even if the company itself <laughs> is long dead. Yeah, and the spirit of Konami will live along in you. I pointed at the camera Um, anyway for more information on the bonus round you can go to rhythmandpixels.com where we have links to SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can go and download and buy the music and support these amazing artists Thanks for joining us on episode 30-10 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our our, our gift-giving episode, uh, episode where we give the gift of video game music and you give the gift of, of video game of music. money, <laughs> uh, of video game music. <laughs> um, Everyone's giving video game music. Uh, we're ending on this track. Um, it's from it's a Dominic Ninmark track, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man. He's, yeah, I now think, I want to took up with this yeah. game, too, because I've never heard of this game. But it was submitted by Bedrill. I think this might be one of my favorite game composers. Like, oh, Dominic? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I'm glad to see this exists, because I'm hoping when I go to look this game up that this is a newish game, which means that he's still in the game making new tracks. Because I've been worried that he was, like, going to you know, check out. 
because I don't hear too much about his name anymore since he stopped doing working with DYA games. Oh wow! Oh. I'm mean, say in my but, mind, I've got like I've got Minami Mitsume, I've got Nobuo Uematsu, I've got Yuzo Koshiro, and Tim Fallen, and now, now I've got Dominic, Dominic Nimmark. They're all up my there. Problem. <laughs> All up in the listers. Yeah. I, my problem is I'm just, I have a tough time with nailing specific favors. Like, I got my Falcom sound team, but let's be honest, there's like a ton of different people in there. Yeah. I don't know who's doing what. <laughs> um, there's Tempe Sato and Motoi Sakuraba. And then beyond that, and I guess like also Hitoshi Sakamoto. Um, but yeah, but beyond back, that. You go back I mean, to Tempe Sato quite often, though, I think. Yeah, like it's just, but and then it just feels like I just, I just like game music. Like, I have trouble 100% saying. This guy is my favorite, but I will say that there are definitely composers like Dominic Nimmark, where if I hear his name is on a game, I'll probably just buy it. <laughs> I don't even know if the game is good. I just yeah. want to hear more of his stuff. It's about a, so, about a, about a, a rocket-powered goose that's flying around blowing up spaceships. Oh, it's Dominic Nimmark. I'm buying it. <laughs> I'm buying it. So Perfect. Perfect. But like, let's see, let's read what, what Bedrov had to say about this track, which we need to name. It was from the game Gravity Circuit. Is the theme of Blade Cooler Circuit? It says, um, "Theme of Blade Cooler Circuit from the game Gravity Circuit was composed by one of your favorites and mine, Dominic Nenmark. I have no idea what this game is about. Neither do we. But the track is a straight banger, and the least I can do for my favorite pair of podcast hosts." Thank you both for all the joy and goodwill you that you goodwill that you put out into the world. There's a reason y'all were my number one most listened to podcast this year. You make every week just a little better. I love you guys and I wish you the very best of 2022. Happy holidays to all my fellow patrons as well. And we do appreciate you too as well, Bedraw. It's actually been kind of nice. Like he started out as like he would listen to the show and every once in a while he would like he's like he would pop up and then one day. He started using social media because, if I remember correctly, for a while he wasn't like on any of the chat groups. He was just like he'd write in sometimes. Yeah. And then he started using the chat groups and stuff like that. And now he's like a regular social contact. Like he's just a friend. Like, yeah. It's great. It's just really nice seeing seeing him out there and hearing back from him and commenting. Not just commenting on the shows, but just you know, just in being, general. Being, yeah, just in general. So I'm um, like, I'm looking at Gravity Circuit. It looks like a really cool platformer, like a retro style platformer with a really my vibe was really that was like a style. Mega y type game that was the vibe I got from the track yeah it looks kind of like that like a like a Mega Man X type thing but um, almost almost a, a almost a Game Boy or, or a Game Boy Color level of color palette but oh man you're this, the Game Boy you're the Game Boy this track. Game Boy or girl <laughs> this um this track however is like it's super smooth I'm really really into it when I think of Dominic Nimark, I tend to think of like the really fast, like super fast, super energetic tracks. But this is like mm-hmm. right down there in the middle. Like this, this track feels more like a scapegoat to me. I can see, I can see that. Yeah, there's some scapegoat in there. Yeah. Which another game I need to get back to, by the way. I never finished Scapegoat Two. Man, finish the first one. All these the games second. I finished that you've never finished. Yet, yeah, it bother me about that one. Because that one's very important. <laughs> very important. That one is very important. <laughs> well, um, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. I want to thank all of, of our Patreon members for um, who hopped in the chat room while we were recording tonight. Um, we had some technical difficulties at the end and had to cut it short, but just a little short. Um, but so thank you everyone for sticking it out uh, with us. And, just a um, wee bit short. But we, <laughs> just a wee bit short. But this is something we love doing um, every month. So uh, Patreon members of all levels, you can just. Even just give a dollar. Just give a dollar for a month and have it for a lifetime. 
<laughs> you get a you get a card. <laughs> if, we, if we could send a card in the mail that said, um, you know, member of Rhythm and Pixels, of Rhythm the, and Pixels family, yeah. Rhythm and Pixels family, RMP family, I would. But that is just cost prohibitive, so that won't be happening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to say, I don't know. I mean, technically, what? you could. That could be the sticker. Oh, that, <laughs> that could be. The, the oh, sticker. maybe I, I, maybe I'll change up some of the merchandise um, to, to 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 maybe be a little bit more specific. But as it is right now, I really like the logo, and the logo looks really good on a sticker. If I do say so myself, uh, that people have been posting oh, yeah. on Discord. Um, but yeah, if you want to say hi to us, if you want to send us a letter send us um, a little wave or if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion or even um, if you're in a if you're a remix artist or if you know of a remix artist or if you're in a cover band we want to know all about that please send us an email rhythm and pixels at hotmail.com and for more information about this show more information about the tracks a full track listing from this episode and all of our episodes please go to the website rhythmandpixels.com and we're out there on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and you can see us on YouTube uh, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels with an 8-bit and 16-bit classics radio station which I've had to cut I have to, to turn the chat off of of the radio station because the bots the bots the spam bots have taken over um, the machines are winning no matter how small no matter how small your station is um, they'll, the, the machine just takes over it's really frustrating so um, don't click that link, but I had to turn the chat off for a while. So please check that out. It's also on twitch.tv slash rhythm and pixels. It's the restream of the radio station. Um, and if you want to support the show, you can go to rhythm and slash merch. We have some cool t-shirts and hoodies that you can check out there. We have like lots of designs. So there's like nine or 10 different designs that you can choose from. You can also support the show by subscribing to it on, on Apple podcasts or on Spotify you can rate and review us there or, or wherever it, there's a rate and review button. You can also go to Patreon at patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And as members there, you get access to monthly live streamed episodes, weekly prequel episodes, well, mostly weekly prequel episodes. And you also get some cool stuff like stickers. There's mugs, there's t-shirts. So there's even some benefits that you can get for the radio station and give your own little shout out on the radio station. And then at the end of every episode, we'd like to thank all of our members at the highest levels. We'd like to thank Frankly Zappa, Kristen, Mike Myers, Ulf Person, Fashion8060, who hopped in the chat for a little while, Alex Messenger from AVGM Journey, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Werma, Camille, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, aka Musashi219, Christopher Senstrom, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, Michael Jennings, Michael Jennings, <laughs> Rage Cage, <laughs> Reinhard Selkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, and Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. 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 Thank you all <laughs> so much for your continued support of our show. It means a lot to us. Um, money goes to um, new merchandise money goes towards hosting and all the stuff that keeps the show alive and um, it's a lot of hours editing and recording so a lot of editing goes into this show so thank you very much for supporting us yeah, all the weird it's words I tend to say like all that stuff he's got to fix that um, and mainly, mainly when you make those noises I have to play with the volume knob but that's about it <laughs> <laughs> very very little um, actual uh, voice editing um, so yeah, thank you all so much for listening to the show. 
We really appreciate you all stopping by and checking us out in the live stream. And we um, genuinely do. And it's honestly just fun conversation. Like if you want to come into the chat and just be like, so what's your favorite dinner? And what's your favorite entree? I don't care. It's fun conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's, we love I like it. it. Also check out our discord. It's on, uh, the link is on our website, rhythm and and hop in the discord and say hello there. There's a link right at the top of the page. You click it, come in, you say hello. Everyone sends you video game music and memes. And we love doing that. Yeah, like, so honestly, I feel like there's like a nice collective in there to like people will talk to each other and stuff. So even if we're like, we're not there immediately to do something, everyone that's in the chat just likes to communicate, communicate with each other too. So it ends up being nice and fun. Nice collective. But guess what, Pernell? Next week, our next episode will be the first episode of the year 2022. And it'll be the first episode of season 31, World 31. Oh man, that's synonymous. Yeah, it's all go hand out. in hand, like yeah. peanut butter and Scrabble. This might bring up this might bring along the VGM apocalypse that uh, was foretold by Hammock. <laughs> well, if, this, if we're going to go out to some spicy beats, I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell, and we'll see you next week. And remember. Um, you probably heard mentioned earlier in the episode uh, the dialogue of us talking about 2020, 2021, 2022. And uh, yeah, there's this part of me that is really just kind of thinking, oh, crapulence part three or whatever, because woof, it's been a rough time right now. But, you know, it's okay to acknowledge that level of frustration and things. But even if you feel that, leave a little room for some hope too, because if anything, Things could turn around, even if not in the ways you expect them to or would hope for them to. could turn around in ways you don't expect them to, which still counts as a silver lining and overall just nice change and impact. And really, we all could use a little bit of some of that in our lives. A little bit of hope, a little bit of extra encouragement. And honestly, even if you still just don't quite feel like it's going to measure up to what you want it to be, there is something to be said about being that positive influence or light in the lives of the people around you because even if the greater society is not meeting up to your expectations or if the world just feels like it's a little rocky having close people in your life that just bring a bit of a positive shine to things sometimes it's all you get and it might be all you need to keep things moving forward for yourself so just try I guess it's just about the gist of it just try because what we got <laughs>